Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up? Welcome back, everybody. We have another edition of Let's Talk Sports here coming your way. Hope you enjoyed the long weekend. Uh, We certainly tried to take advantage of that. Uh, And when I say we, I'm talking about myself and my guest co-host for the day. That's right, Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. And I got my partner for Rainbow Wahine basketball coverage on Spectrum Sports. Lori Santi is in the house. Lori, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm having some mechanical (laughs) difficulties over here, but I'm good, man. Happy to be here. I feel like it's been a while. it has actually. Because I had to, I had to mourn. Well, I had to mourn for a week because I didn't were, uh, see you the day after the Super Bowl. So, but you know, you're wearing your uh, 49er <laughs> faithful shirt, faithful yeah, to your uh, to was, your beliefs whew, and your faith in the Niners. Uh, yeah, how yeah, was, was? We never really got to do the uh, the Vegas debrief. How was it? The Vegas thing was great. I actually was. While I really wanted the Niners to go to the Super Bowl, when they went, I knew that the vibe of my Vegas trip was going to change <laughs> drastically. It became much more important, right? Because now my team was in it. So some of the activities, I had to sort of curb a little bit, you know, so that I could be attentive. Got it, got it. For the game. Okay. And, so, uh, and how, how'd that work out for you? Like, well, how, how you attentive know, were you able just, to be? Yeah, I should have been less attentive. It might have gone, <laughs> might have gone a little bit better. But it was, a, you know, everybody talking about, like, being in the whole Vegas thing was great. I mean, there's just so much going on in a, in a pretty small space. And I mean, they were adding concert. We went and saw Kelly Clarkson, you know, Bruno Mars, even people that have res, they were like adding their concerts for the weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was pretty great. I mean, saw a ton of people, saw Dr. J and all, I mean, oh, you saw okay. just everybody, like all kinds of people were there. And, you know, so if you're into that part of it, which kind of makes it fun, it was, it's a great, you got to rotate it there like every third year, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because I think for everybody, it's a pretty good experience. You were sharing some concerns about, because it's Vegas and because usually these watch parties are in these large ballrooms with like a bleep ton of people, um, you were a little concerned as to how much you'd even be able to focus on the game. And I know you are uh, someone who is very detail-oriented when you watch sports. Uh, so how was that experience? Was, was it? Were your concerns valid based on what the uh, experience ultimately was watching yeah, the game. Yeah, I mean, we had like 20 Chiefs fans in our room. Like oh, you really? can't, you know, you How many people total? Yourself. I kind of wanted to just sit in the ho- at that point I was like, <laughs> I'm just I told my husband, I'm just going you go and I'm just going to sit in the hotel room and watch the game and I'll meet you after. I mean, they're fun and actually everybody was relatively well behaved, but it's quite the scene getting into the watch party, right? It's classically Vegas. People are you know, grease and palms and getting better tables and places set up the projection speakers, right? Or the projection screens, which make everybody able to see. It's the volume part that's difficult, right? The audio. So it kind of can't hear that quite as well. I can't fully appreciate the Usher halftime show. So oh. I did rewatch it all. It's a good way to see it. I'm not sure if it's a great way to see your team in it. Ah. Uh. Right, if you, you got to have your guys and your dudes sure. and your friends and family that all have their their shirt, your shirts on, your your yeah. Honolulu blue, because it is a little bit. That would be the only thing I would say is a little bit. It'd be better if your team wasn't in. How it. close did you get to uh, actually physically uh, slapping one of the Kansas City Chiefs fans? You know, fans? I was I, you know, I felt like the <laughs> Niners like just kind of threw up on themselves, right? I mean, it wasn't so much what the Chiefs did necessarily till till the end, till you let them. It was sort of like, 
from the beginning, you know, McCaffrey with the fumble on mm -hmm. the great drive, just little things like that. that yeah, kinda... no, I know, I don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about at all yeah, as a Detroit Lions fan, that feeling. I of, know. Uh, of yeah, so I'm saying you would have had a great time. Giving it away. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, no, but it's good to have you back, and uh, it was a fun weekend this past weekend with a couple of Rainbow Wahine basketball games, including Beeman's Big Bash against UC Santa Barbara, uh, which turned out to be an overwhelming success, and we're going to actually talk with the coach here in the next segment uh, on the show to, uh, now that she's had a couple of days to sort of digest what was, I think, a really special night uh, for her. 808-296-1420 uh, is the number to call. You can text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, they did, according to the numbers that were presented, they did break the uh, the high attendance mark, at least in the Laura Beeman era, uh, for tickets purchased as well as uh, through the turnstiles. And so it was awesome. It was uh, a, a happening place. The crowd was, was super into the game. Uh, it was everything that they were, I think, attempting to accomplish. And, of course, uh, the... The punctuation mark was put on uh, by the fact that the team won. And you even commented a little bit during the game, like, you know, it's probably important for them to get this win under these circumstances. And Laura herself even commented afterwards, like, she felt a little pressure for sure and was even uh, in her own head, she admitted, uh, kind of making a deal, like sort of saying like a little prayer to the universe, like going like, all right, well... You know, uh, w what will I rather have, a win tonight or a win in March in, in Henderson, Nevada? And she's like, I'd probably still take the Henderson, Nevada. But it was on her mind for sure in that way as the game was being played. Yeah, and I think she sort of avoided the thought of it. You know, it's interesting. So having sort of having played women's sports when you don't get those crowds. You know, it, it is a different feeling. It's not like, you know, men's volleyball where every week there's a – so it makes a difference mm -hmm. in – in just your preparation, your anticipation, your excitement, your anxiety. You know, I think we saw that a little bit, like, early in the game where they were so excited. and There was so much going on. I mean, they had the food drive. There, were, there was just promotion yeah, after yeah. promotion. I mean, it was great. But it, I think as a player and as a coach, there was that pressure because you, you turned to me and said, this is great either way. And I'm thinking, no, it isn't. <laughs> they got to win. And I'm thinking as a player, I'm sure you feel that little. It's a great pressure, but I think that Coach Beeman has to sort of reset what it is you know how it can work for you right yeah, because yeah. as a players especially you know on the women's side you don't get those crowds if you don't get them all the time your reaction and your ability to sort of lock into your game changes and then at the end i think you're used to it and that crowd really lifts you right when yeah. you're fatigued and you're so all good but at the beginning i think you are a little tight you know it's a little different sure. and it's really exciting and so, you know, obviously you'd like to see that every week. A little bit of promotion went an incredible, incredibly long way, and I got a lot of great feedback from the people that were there. Yeah, and, yeah. No, you know, I mean, it's, that's the reality, night. right, is is that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to sell your product to the fan base, and they called upon the fans to come out. And uh, Laura Beeman herself even said after the game, you know, she felt like the fans came out for the players, but she also kind of felt like the, the fans came out, like, doing her a solid. Like, this is, hey, it was Beeman's big bash. Uh, she was probably... Probably um, asked pretty directly to put her name on that. I don't think uh, that would have necessarily been her first choice of uh, maybe even like the timing of the event versus the name of the event. But to her credit, she agreed to do that. She put her name on it. And that is a risky and bold move, particularly when you're playing a really good team like that under those circumstances. Uh, but also knowing like, hey, look, we're, we're, we're putting a little bit of a heavy ante on the pot here. Absolutely. And, and if, if it doesn't pay off, then you know a lot of those people who 
did come out doing me a solid, showing some love to this program and these players, um, there is going to be a much stronger likelihood that many of them will not return if the game didn't go your way. And just the gravity of that game, as you mentioned, you know, for first place, basically, you had the biggest home game of the year against the Gauchos of Santa Barbara, a really good team that beat Hawaii at their place. So... Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of marbles that they were playing for, and for them to come out, you know, on the, on the good side of that was just great. And I think it, in their mind, for sure, they're thinking, okay, you know, if we lose, these people aren't coming back. Yeah. Or, you know, and you're hoping that's not the case, but I think everybody had a good experience. And I think they did a great job of coupling. They had the, uh, the jersey bid. They raised like $26,000. Sure. They did a lot of really good sort of community things, which Beeman has been known for, you know. I mean, she's really, that team is very active in the community. So I think that was, you know, another piece of it that, that people appreciated. Texter coming in saying, Beeman's Big Bash was awesome. As a regular fan, I really hope that those fans that came on Saturday come to the last two home games. This team deserves the support. Go Bows. One of those fans was Michael Bennett, right? Former NFL D lineman. Uh, he was in the house with his family uh, and uh, talked story with him a little bit afterwards. And he was saying, hey, this is my first women's basketball game uh, that I've come to in Hawaii. He's like, we're, we're going to come back. And like even his daughters were asking, like, who are the last two games against? And like they're planning on coming back. And I think that that hopefully is uh, an indicator uh, of how many of the fans in the house who were sort of, uh, if they if they weren't doing it for the first time, were sort of doing it for the first time in a while, come into the game showing support for this team, and, and hopefully that's what they got out of it too. And, and, you know, it's kind of that recurrent theme of professional athletes with daughters, right? You know, and his daughters are ah. kind of that age where they're like, hey, this is, I'm really liking this. And he's, you know, obviously recognizes the value in that, right? So uh, let's talk about the team a little bit while we're on the subject. Again, we're going to talk with Laura Beeman on the other side of this upcoming commercial break but since we're talking about uh, the big bash a little bit of our views on uh, how the team played Deja Phillips obviously went on her own little scoring run in the first half uh, and you talked about maybe some tightness for this team under the circumstances with the environment uh, you could kind of sense that a little bit there wasn't a lot of um, complimentary offense outside of Deja Phillips in that first half and it was kind of interesting I think she sort of decided all right I'm just going to carry the team a little bit here and that sparked them and certainly probably set up for the Lily Wahine Kapu second half heroics where she kind of took the baton and took over but uh, yeah how did you view kind of the way this team played uh, on a night where uh, you know UC Santa Barbara was coming in with some bad intentions and, and you know you're, you're at that point in the season where you know people's stuff you know, we talked to Bonnie Hamricks and the UC Santa Barbara coach about that beaming too. You know their, their OB plays. You know kind of what they're running. They're going to maybe have some quick hitters. I thought Hawaii's first, like, four or five possessions were great. They got good shots. Yeah. They, they banged some stuff that they should have, you know, sure. inside that they maybe they should have made. That's where the jitters were. And then they kind of went through those scoring lulls, you know, back and forth, right? They sort of traded those. But I'll tell you what, Deja Phillips' ability to excel in big game situations and give you what you need whether it's a deflection or a rebound or just that that general energy that she gives is pretty special. And um, she's starting to come in earlier and earlier. Of course, always comes in as that six-man. Mm -hmm. And Lily's sort of maturation of not taking somewhat of a tough shooting first half and letting that carry over through the whole game. I mean, she really came in the second half and sort of did the same things but finished a little more, made some adjustments. And then Melanie McBee has had a tremendous home floor um, out outings over the last couple of weeks so yeah i mean we've got we've become accustomed to seeing different people step up uh they have a lot of different weapons you know a lot of stuff in their arsenal and and uh they've made some good adjustments at halftime so yeah it was fun yeah yeah i mean it was just yet another version of how they've been able to adjust and make adjustments 
on the fly uh, in in games where the matchups are a little bit different. You know, they were dealing with uh, one of the candidates for conference player of the year on the other side, and that's a really tough size matchup with Whitfield and um, not easy. And you even saw Laura Beeman tinkering with like a small lineup against that. Um, not sure how overall effective that was, but like the the willingness and ability for this team to kind of adapt and make those adjustments on the fly has been pretty incredible and, and certainly pretty striking uh, to the with, with regard to the level of success they've had from it. And it kind of rolls me back to, you know, to bring up one of your favorite subjects, a little bit of how Steve Kerr handled the Warriors years ago when they would make those championship runs in that he trusted minutes with people late in games and during regular season which really developed that kind of going into long playoff situations or the Big West tournament. I mean, she gives people, you know, real minutes, right? I mean, she sticks to those rotations, even at times where we're like, oh, God, Deja just scored 11 in a row. Why is she off the floor? <laughs> but that wear and tear and the ability to sort of trust each other and sort of know their roles has, has I think, started to actually to come to fruition a little earlier in this season even than it has in the past two seasons with the culmination of winning the tournament, right? Uh, texter saying, not to be the wet blanket. You gotta love when a uh, text starts <laughs> that way. Uh, but how will the Wahine look two years from now? So I guess maybe a concern over the fact that they have some standout players that are uh, now upperclassmen, but that's kind of college sports, right? I mean, that's sort of how it is for, for everybody, and it's going to be incumbent on uh, this coaching staff to continue to bring in talent. I think they do have some young, talented pieces, and Jovi Lefoto, who, I don't know, it looks more and more like she's probably going to just redshirt this year, and so they're going to save a year with her, and, you know, she's a fantastic player when she's right and she's healthy. Um, and so those are just some of the, the underclass pieces uh, that will be part of whatever nucleus uh, Laura Beeman's able to put together or keep together uh, a couple of years from now. So uh, interesting question, but I, you know, I almost feel like you can ask any college program that question uh, on, across the board. Yeah, I think the portals changed that too. I mean, you know, Saturday night was great for recruiting, right? I don't think you're really too worried about you know, finding people to come into this program. I mean, at this point, right? Because they've got that, and you know, that family atmosphere. It's also a team that really loves their coaching staff, right? I mean, that's something True. that you don't you don't see that a lot. I mean, I'm not saying you know, it's tough to any athlete those ages. I mean, they they like their coaching staffs, but this group really trusts each other. There is definitely sort of a symbiotic relationship between the staff and the kids that really works, and I think that is a recruiting tool. Um, attracts a lot of people. Uh, we got the Craig Angeles show tonight, by the way. Uh, if you want to come down, uh, we will be doing the show 6 p.m. at Velocity of Honolulu on Kapiolani Boulevard. Uh, I'll be with UH Athletics Director Craig Angeles. We'll talk about the latest uh, everything surrounding UH sports. You can call in. You can text in with your questions and comments as well. You can enjoy food and drink from the Artisan Restaurant right there uh, in the lobby of the Velocity Honolulu. Uh, and you can self or valet park as well. you got some options there. Brought to you by H-Camp and the JN Group. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Laura Beeman's going to join us. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. I got Lori Santi as my guest co-host here for the day, uh, and we're excited because we're going to hit the phone line and welcome to the show uh, the namesake 
of the latest, hottest event first on the UH Manoa Lower Campus. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, maybe the first of many now, <laughs> yes, the way yes. this thing went. It was an overwhelming success. Beeman's big bash on Saturday in the Rainbow Wahine made it count by uh, taking down UC Santa Barbara in front of over 4,000 in the house, over 5,000 tickets sold, setting a new attendance mark in the Laura Beeman era. So we welcome Coach Beeman to the show. Uh, Coach, how you doing? I am doing well. How are you both? We're doing okay. Thanks for uh, making the time to talk with us. Uh, but, you know, coming off of a night like that just felt like uh, it was uh, justifiable to, to uh, once again try to bother you during your week of, of basketball preparations and, and to talk. And obviously I know you're getting ready for a road trip here this week, uh, but uh, just to kind of sit on that moment that was on Saturday a little bit more. You've had a few days now to process it, let it digest further. Uh, I know in the moment immediately after the game, uh, you felt like that was something that was pretty memorable and special as far as your experiences as a head coach here at Hawaii. Uh, how has as the uh, last couple of days just processing that how has that made you feel you know I don't think my emotions have changed um, it was absolutely uh, you know one of my most memorable moches, moments as a coach um, to have so many people show up to support the girls the program me um, just the, the energy the electricity in the stand was incredible um, and then to have the girls, you know, just pull out such an amazing nail-biting victory mm -hmm. uh, the way they did, you know, coming back from eight and, and just the grit that we have shown um, off and on all season. Uh, it, it was really, really special, and I know I woke up on Sunday morning, and uh, I was very tired. <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was nice to get in the garden and get my hands dirty a little bit and, and just take a deep breath, and throughout the day just continued to, you know, flash back into what a special night it was. Yeah, because that's something that, that Lori and I have, have kind of talked about, reflecting on it our, ourselves from, from our outside perspective of uh, this was something where you seemed to, you were asked by the University of Hawaii and the, the marketing department to, to, to put on this campaign. Uh, and I would imagine for you or any head coach to sort of put your name on something like that is a bit of a step outside of your comfort zone. And so you kind of, you know, in, in agreeing to do that, you agree to then add some pressure to this thing. Uh, and I thought that that's pretty remarkable that you uh, were able to put that kind of faith into uh, into your team and, and really into your reputation as well because you wanted to also give your players this, this, this gift that was a remarkable environment. Yeah, you know, when Eric Matthews of marketing approached me and said, hey, coach, I want to do this and we're going to put all of this, you know, emphasis and effort into it. You know, my first response was, I, I really don't want to be a part of this. You know, it, it's a lot of extra stress. It's a lot of work. And, you know, there is the possibility that it, it doesn't work out. And what is that going to feel like? And what is that going to look like? And, yeah, that was the, that was the, the, the non-confident, a little insecure Laura Beeman hmm. saying that. And then I just kind of took a deep breath and said, you know, this really isn't about Laura Beeman. It's about these kids and giving them the opportunity to – um, have just a spectacular night uh, playing for the University of Hawaii and how dare me even <laughs> think about not allowing them that opportunity so uh, at that point it was Eric go do you and man did he um, and, and I just am really appreciative of all the hard work that that marketing team you know put into making it such a successful evening and again you know the text messages I got after from players parents um, fans just saying what a night uh, it was definitely worth the risk and uh, just honored to be have been a part of it. You know, in that thread, Laura, hey, how are you doing? I, what 
you know, sort of, can you tell people sort of what it means? I mean, you and I obviously played in front of 30 people, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's what was yeah. the feedback like from the girls and their sort of feelings like through the week and then like the after? I know they had the autograph session that lasted like almost an hour. You know, can you sort of like tell us sort of how those feelings were and sort of what came out and sort of how that thrill was for the girls? You know, after the game, we all kind of went our, you know, media and, and autograph session, and, and I was late getting up to the autograph session, and it did. It went on forever. It was amazing to have all of those little kids and families and military and anybody else, you know, students to, to showed up and, and, and wanted autographs and pictures, and that was, again, just a remarkable experience, particularly for some of the girls who had never been through that before. Um, I haven't really been able to – say, hey, what was your immediate thoughts during that? You know, what, what was the emotion? Um, because we did not meet after the autograph session. It was so late. We had kids that had to get treatment. They were starving. Um, and so I basically just said, go home. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Hmm. Um, and so today is really the first day that I'm going to have the opportunity, um, other than some of the text messages that Coach just, wow, what, what an amazing experience. The noise was incredible. The push was incredible. You know, the chants were incredible. I think the first shot that went in was by Amani Perez and, and, you know, you thought the stand sheriff roof was going to blow off. Hmm. So, um, and, and, and then just as the game continued to go on, I could, at first, I think the girls were tight. I think they yeah. were nervous because yeah. of the crowd. Um, but I do think overall their experience was that of a lifetime. Um, cause a lot of them will never play unless we do something remarkable in the next Next week, you know, for senior night, none of them will play in front of that crowd again um, unless they go pro. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it definitely was, you know, so exciting in that regard. And and we did talk about just that that sort of pressure to win, like that pressure to make that product look like that's the reason that you had people come. And um, you certainly did that and ended up being probably a little closer than you wanted it to be, <laughs> but kind of what, what we all expected. So, But I think well, another part of it that uh, you did comment a little bit on this afterwards, Coach, but uh, just the fact that you know this was a call upon the fan base to just show some support for this program. And a lot of that, I think, was you know many of the people who were in the house, and, and hopefully they had such a good time that they'll, they'll be back and, and you'll get more crowds like this for those last two games. Uh, but the fact that this this town, this fan base sort of did that solid for you, like they came out and rallied on your behalf to give your team this this atmosphere. But also, I think a lot of it was, I mean, it said your name in the title of the event. <laughs> they came out to support you and I think show uh, a level of appreciation for what you've done uh, for this program and in this place uh, for now, you know, going over uh, you know, a dozen years and in, in, in all of that. Yeah, you know, that that's the part that I don't know if I've really allowed myself to think about. Um, it's incredibly humbling to think that people want to give their time, you know, for me, for, for this program, for what we've done. Um, you know, we have tried to just be a great program for this community and to represent the way that the community would be proud of these kids and, and obviously proud of me. You know, I, I don't want any member of this community saying, wow, you know, our basketball, women's basketball coaches is, is a real jerk. You know, that that's one thing you just, you don't want. And, and you hear some of that sometimes that communities aren't proud of their program. They aren't proud of what their coach and what the coach's family is doing. And, and that's something that, you know, we have always kind of been very, very cognizant about is that Hawaii is truly a unique place. And we want to be a part of this community and represent in a way where we're, I'm more than just a basketball coach. Um, 
and that I give back to this community. And, and there are relationships now that have been going on for 12 years and, you know, continuing to grow relationships and people that really are invested. And they're not just invested as in Laura Beeman, the, the basketball coach, but they're also invested in Laura Beeman as a person. And that does mean a lot when, you know, you come someplace brand new um, and it is very, very humbling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've really thought about that part yet. You know, I, I know we're going to have a big crowd at Henderson. And if we're fortunate enough to, to win the championship there, I know wherever we're going to go, there will be a big crowd such as we had last year at LSU. But playing in front of your home crowd right. yep. I think is what I was referring to a few minutes ago, that some of these kids will never have that opportunity to to play in front of friendly fire um, with that much excitement and that much enthusiasm and that much just commitment and the amount of people that said, Hey, we're coming back. I hope that's true um, because it was really, really fun. And I don't know if, it, unless you've played a sport and you've had that many people cheering for mm-hmm. you, if you can even imagine what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And like booing the officials, like that's what it's yeah. all about, you know, like just <laughs> yeah. some of that right. emotion and, and, you know, in a game that was tight down the stretch, those are the margins where you actually see some of that benefit, right? That extra, just that little extra added piece of energy that the crowd is able uh, in those kinds of situations to provide. Uh, I think that was, that was palpable down the stretch of that game. And I think for a lot of people are, you know, can't speak for you, but it's, there's a pretty good buzz around collegiate women's basketball this year. I mean, even even the WNBA stuff, but I think you know that's really nice. I think people were really, I won't say surprised, but starting to realize the level of play mm-hmm. and the entertainment level that comes with women's basketball now that maybe you wouldn't have seen you know 20 years ago consistently. So I felt like they were in it. They knew what was going on, and they knew that yeah. they appreciated the level of basketball on the floor. Yeah, that no, that, that was definitely cool, and uh, we did see some some really high uh, quality performances on several fronts from your team. Uh, One of the players I wanted to ask you about, Deja Phillips, uh, who passed 1,000 career points uh, in that game. There was so much excitement that that almost kind of got lost in in all of the the fanfare and and buzz of that night. Uh, But 1,000 points for Deja Phillips. um, You know, you watch her play for five minutes and you realize, like, oh, she's something that's just different. There's not a lot uh, of, of players like her in the college game uh, as a coach and when you're trying to find ways to utilize that unique skill set and, and just some of the angles that she's able to play through her physicality that not a lot of players necessarily have the ability to utilize uh, how do you go about that how do you as a coach go about trying to uh, create the best situation to get the best Deja Phillips you can get out of her way <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, give her the ball and get out of her way and you know, I, I've known Deja now for, you know, five, six years because of the recruiting process and watching this young lady just mature. We have a phenomenal relationship, and there's there's not much we can't say to each other. It's reciprocal. Um, you know, I have a good feel for when she's kind of in her zone and when she, she might need that pep talk or that kick in the, the fanny. And whatever it is, Deja's receptive. And whatever she says to me, I'm very receptive. And it, it's a relationship where – I kind of know what she needs. She trusts me to kind of put her in that position, and I definitely trust Deja um, with this team in her hands. And, you know, when you can put around her the players that we can put around her, it makes her even more powerful and important on the basketball court because they have to figure out how to stop her as well as, say, Namani Perez or Melani McBee. And there are other people around her that make her success, um, you know, what it's been. And Deja didn't know she was going for 1,000 points. 
when she walked off the court, I said, congrats, sweetheart. I said, a thousand. I said, that's pretty good. And she goes, huh? I said, yeah, you got a thousand tonight. I said, why don't you go ahead and get a thousand more tonight? Let's make it easy. <laughs> she kind of giggled and she goes, okay, coach, I got you. And, and so that's kind of the relationship we have, but to get 17 straight points, you sure. know, in a row, um, you know, and get her thousand in front of the largest crowd that Deja's helped build, you know, that, that, that is also for the Deja Phillips who've been here through COVID and, and have come in here and people have seen her growth and her change. Uh, there were a lot of people that were in the stands for her as well, for sure. Yeah, you know, I think it's that relationship that you have with her. It's great to recruit somebody and then know that you've learned how to bring out the best in them. That's got to be a good feeling for you when she performs like that because in different programs, in different situations, you know, kids don't always succeed. So your ability to bring that out in Deja, I think, and as you mentioned, it's reciprocated. She understands it too. But I've seen that growth just having sat and watched you guys enough. And, I, you know, certainly a compliment to your ability to bring out um, the best in Deja. You know, it's a trust level, and, and sometimes, you know, coaches aren't um, players' favorite people because we have to make hard decisions, and, you know, sometimes we don't get it right. And I, I think that every player on this team knows our intention is to put them in the best spot, is to love them hard, coach them hard. Um, and, again, we, we don't always get it right, but I think every kid on this program knows our intentions um, are right, and it, it's to help them be their best. Um, and with Deja, you know, she has just a great level of trust for me and, and me to her. Um, and I think that that shows when she steps out on the floor um, that we're trying to put her in the best position and, and she's trying to, to be her best. And that's all you can ask for. Well, uh, the other thing is you just you, you ask for moments, right? That's what, what college athletics and really any kind of, of uh, athletic competition, that's what it's about. You just want those moments, those special nights, and Saturday was one of them, one that will be uh, remembered for a long time, talked about for a long time, uh, and just wanted to uh, get some of your thoughts on, on what we all agree, I think, was uh, one heck of an evening in Manoa and one heck of a win for this Rainbow Wahine basketball team. Good luck on the road at Long Beach this week. We'll see you next week for the final homestand. And, uh, and senior the final night. bash. That's right. The It'll be two, two more big bashes uh, coming <laughs> up uh, in the arena uh, in a couple of weeks. But uh, hey, coach, we appreciate the time and uh, congrats on your uh, position atop the standings at the moment. We wish you the best going forward. Yeah, congrats to the kids today. It. Practice. Yeah, have a great day. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, and, and just thank you to everyone again who who came out. And those of you who didn't, hopefully you're here in the buzz and you will join us. Uh, you know, next not this coming this not this week, but a week from now, Thursday and Saturday to celebrate these kids so awesome. thank you all so much yeah hey, thanks coach appreciate you, coach. it take care laura beeman right. head coach for the rainbow wahine basketball team yeah uc davis uc riverside the next two games in simplify arena at stan sheriff center next week so uh, might as well keep the bash going right i mean uh, we had so much fun the first time let's do it again I mean, a couple they, of times those are big games too they lost That's both right. those teams so those they'll need that uh that bash yeah environment yeah right? yeah, yeah. Need the, the, the bash benefit is yes, what they're yes. going to be going for uh, upgrade your island style with kahala the original aloha shirt since 1936 pick one up for yourself at one of kahala's six stores island wide or at kahala.com all right uh, when we come back i got some random questions i wanted to ask Lori about uh like um who she was rooting for in the sabrina steph shootout <laughs> contest uh and what the heck was that as far as the nba all-star game that's coming up you're listening to let's talk sports
What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Lori Santi is my guest co-host here for the day. Big mahalo as well uh, once again to Laura Beeman for joining us in that last segment. Uh, a couple of things I did want to get to, though, with Lori in the house. Of course, the NBA All-Star break was this past weekend. Uh, we'll get to the game here momentarily. I use game with air quotes, of course, because it uh, didn't seem like there was a whole lot of effort. I think we put in a little more effort coming up the elevator to the studio today <laughs> than any of the uh, players in that uh, in that game but maybe that's just the reality and kind of what needs to be uh, the the new calibrated expectation I don't know we'll get to that in a moment but first and foremost I think what was probably the headlining event this past weekend the one that rated really well uh, in addition was the Sabrina Ionescu versus Steph Curry three-point shootout and some of the ancillary effects of this like Kenny Smith all of a sudden being in the crosshairs on social media uh, for suggesting that they should have had Sabrina shoot from the WNBA line. They shot from the NBA line. So a little bit of a difference there, about like a foot and some change. Um, and so, you know, that that's she probably practices a thousand of those specific shots from that specific range. Steph Curry uh, practices a thousand shots from the specific NBA line and whatnot. Um, and and so that's that's all of because it was such a big event. I feel like all of this discussion now has been attached to it, uh, even in some some areas of controversy. But when it started you're a Warriors fan you're also you know obviously a fan of 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 women's basketball and Sabrina Ionescu herself who are you rooting for in that one Laurie absolutely Sabrina I absolutely I mean just because it just you know you just this female athlete you're rooting for Sabrina I mean second you're rooting for Steph but like you're not like if Steph was in the regular three-point you know shooting contest or whatever right then then that's when you're but yeah you got it and you know I was really I was shocked when I heard she was shooting from the NBA line because those of you that are basketball people you put in the she probably went a thousand shots a week up from her line mm-hmm. you know the details not being too far but just that the calibration that happens at those levels I, I was worried she was gonna <laughs> lay an egg right mm-hmm. I mean not, I mean I was thinking oh man I don't you know how is this gonna go and of course the corners are only about three three inches off it's the top of the key. yes yes and that's that was the a racket yeah. she struggled with a little bit so 26 I was thinking I was feeling pretty good and you know I was pretty sure Steph was gonna beat that and he did but I thought it was great entertainment mm-hmm. it would have been nice if they'd had maybe a female commentator that had a little more a little more background with the WMB, you know, just for that event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did I, I not that Ken, the Kenny Smith stuff didn't really, you know, I think he just should have. Uh, yeah, I, I it wasn't great. Yeah. I, you know, wasn't well, yeah great. What, what did you? Because his his point was that they should have had her shoot from the WNBA line, and he's sitting with Reggie Miller, uh, who is uh, the brother of arguably the greatest basketball player on the women's side ever and Cheryl Miller. You get his uh, feathers a little rough. Uh, yeah, and so he seemed to bristle a little bit at that, saying, you know, he even made a comment of just like, oh, you want them playing with dolls and, and that kind of thing. And I don't think that's what Kenny Smith was, was intending, but he did say, hey, look, female golfers, you know, they hit from the uh, forward tees uh, versus the men, and, you know, there, there are some physiological logical uh albeit general sort of truths about how you know men and women differ physically there is some of that but in this situation it didn't necessarily to me 
um, feed into what should have been a discussion about uh, you know men versus women and who's better and who's more physically superior. It should have just been like, oh, she can shoot the bleep out of the basketball. Steph Curry can shoot the bleep out of the basketball. Let's see what these two do in competition with one another. And, and we just kind of get lost in like the weeds of, well, she should have shot from this line, but would it be even because she's using a smaller <laughs> ball? And like, who cares? Yeah. Like, let's just see these two ballers hooping and 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 torching the net like that's what i want to see yeah let's take the analogous situation for them in their leagues right you know and i and i do probably think she should have shot from the from her three but you got to remember you know for 50 years in her head it's like you know what if i win from my three-point line it's not going to be a win you know i'm gonna so the fact that you know she bumped it back so that it would be a little more even as you mentioned the ball is probably the most uneven part of it really but i mean i kind of thought that 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 should have that should have kept Kenny Smith from kind of going there. In other yeah. words, just give her a little credit for shooting it, shot it well, it was competitive, you know, instead of saying, well, she should have shot, well, she's shooting from that line she for dropped you, 26. buddy. She's she shooting, matched Dane she's, Lillard. She's shooting from that line to appease yes. you. Yeah. That was the irony for me. And I don't think Kenny, what Kenny said was awful, but that, ironically, she felt the pressure to shoot from your line. You know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah, but you know what? I would love there's there they got it at the Warrior, they got it at Chase next year, right? The All Star Game. Oh, so yeah, there you it go. would be nice to see a little bit more shooting stuff, maybe even skills stuff. You know, I think it's good PR for the WNBA, and God knows it was a two day event that was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> yes. and I maybe can get in on it because it felt like a forty eight hour <laughs> marathon of sort of you know stuff that we didn't all need to see. But uh, yeah, I thought Sabrina was really showed well, like was really impressive. She matched Dame Lillard's winning score of twenty six. Um, I was even thinking she they should just let her and some of the WNBA stars yeah. like be a part of let's all of these festivities. Let's just go logo time. You yeah. know? Let's just go logo shots like, with I Damon mean, you, Steph, yeah. and Caitlin I mean, Clark. When Caitlin Clark is in there, are you not going to want to see her like in the three-point contest? Like, Let's just do it. Let's just have them all battle. Like, that, To me, there's nothing wrong with that, and it's weird that we sort of have to hang on to these or or somehow like retreat to our various corners of the ring. Yeah. Like, well, you know, uh, if, if you're going to give them an advantage, that's unfair. Yeah. It's like, who cares? But, but rolling that back, I mean, we when you see LeBron talking press conferences and mention Caitlyn, you know, it's really nice to have that support from the NBA. I think that's what sort of helps the WNBA be sure. a successful women's professional league is because they have that support and obviously some of that money, right? And I, you know, I feel like it's becoming not something they have to be really thoughtful about to put in the women. I think Candace Parker's sort of presence in in the booth and stuff kind of helps that too, right? Because she's still yeah. an active player. So I, you know, I think it's, I think you're starting to hear NBA guys talk in the same verbiage as, you know, about WNBA players as they do about NBA players in certain situations. And I think that's great. Yeah. You know, it's good yeah. for the game. We had a, a texter speaking of Caitlin Clark who uh, is suggesting uh, that UH should bring Iowa. Uh, to play a basketball game here. That might sell out. Yeah, that probably would sell out, the Caitlin Clark effect. Even, she does have a year she, of eligibility left, so we'll she, see if God she decides knows to she stay. she schedules everybody in the top ten <laughs> yeah, every yeah. non-conference season. <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem. Oh, my gosh. She would uh, schedule the Las Vegas Aces <laughs> yeah. if uh, that were allowed. Uh, hey, Laura Beeman's not here. shy yeah, about no, the scheduling no, at all. 808-296-1420, the number. Text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, what about the All-Star game? Like, the, no one has ever accused the NBA All-Star game of being this incredible show and display of competition and competitive fire like that's never been the case but this was like particularly brutal to watch they scored 400 combined oh points uh like guys weren't even running back or fourth on the court they were just like doing baseball passes uh i think uh 
what is it, cat shot like 50 times or something like that. Like Carl Anthony Towns took like half a hundred shots. Like it was, it was unbelievable. They're trying like, you know, half court and three quarter court uh, shots with like seven minutes still on the clock. It just, it was an absolute joke. Um, and so should Adam Silver, should the NBA try to do something again to sort of see if they can inject some kind of energy? When they had LeBron and some of the other stars picking teams, I kind of felt like, especially with the Elam ending that they would utilize, I kind of felt like there was some some fun to be had there. It was um, more entertaining. Maybe at least, yeah, maybe that was saved for the last five minutes when the Elam ending would kick in or whatever. But still, like you got you got some entertainment value out of it. This thing the other day yeah. was just an absolute like debacle. Like it was a joke. Yeah, I think the celebrity game might have been a little bit more. Oh man, and I know I'm getting old because I didn't know who any of those celebrities no. were. Um. No, I, you know, I agree. I mean, and I, you know, we were just talking about off the air a little bit about 12-man roster, guys making a million bucks a year. Are you going inside, throwing something down over somebody in an all-star game? No way. These guys are playing, you know, 10 years for, I just think the risk-reward thing, it's a, you know, it's a money thing, obviously. You're not going to risk your career in a game like that. No, not yeah, you know, and then but they also kind of had a fuel to fire when Larry Bird comes out and says, you know, I really I want to see these guys compete. You know, he said that in the Legends thing. That kind of put a little pressure. You know, kind of the sort of well, when Michael played, and we just liked playing. You know, to yeah. see how good we were. I just think it's changed a little bit, and the and the risk of sort of injury is too real for those guys. Yeah, no, it's called the All Star Break, and I think for a lot of the guys, that's what they look at it. I mean, Anthony Edwards said as much. Like said, no, this is this is like our break. Like we're not, we don't want to put forth effort. Like this is our chance to kind of like you know rest our bodies just for a little bit. So we're not gonna put in like a full NBA game level of competition and energy. Uh, and I think that's just the the cruel reality. I don't know what the next move could be yeah. to try to to spark more engagement on the part of the players like it, it just kind of feels like this is the course that most all-star events at least in sports like that right like baseball is a game that even in an all-star setting can kind of be played the same right, right? you can kind of play it right. the same way you know maybe no you know there aren't going to be any more uh, pete rose uh, moments where he's trying to like run over the catcher or anything like that but you can kind of play the game yeah, it's the essentially same non-contact way. um yeah. but but yeah, when you're talking about physical sports contact sports like basketball or football you know this happened with the pro bowl as well like there's just not really any further recourse i think i i think you have to you have to e either just let it continue to sort of be the way it is and maybe shorten the game a little bit or do something like that uh or just absolutely overhaul the thing like what the nfl has done with the pro bowl which has also uh, not necessarily resulted in the the most entertaining product i actually think the almost the more disappointing part of the all-star is that in the dunk contest, they don't have big names in the dunk. I mean, they had Jalen Brown right in the dunk contest this year, yeah, and they tried really rough, rough hard, trade. really hard. But, you know, I miss That's probably what I miss the most. I can't even tell you about the All-Star Games back in the day, but I can tell you about Michael Jordan dunk contest. You, you can, right, Vince Carter's dunk contest. I mean, you think about just those names that come up and that, what that con. I mean, everybody was riveted to the slam. Yeah. You know, that's why I think now – the three-point shooting stuff has become more popular because there's more stars in it. That's right. It's, you know, so it, it'll be, I think that kind of stuff could be incentivized yeah. maybe a little bit more. So, I mean, what are we talking about? The, like, paying these guys who you mentioned the minimum salary in the NBA now is $1.1 million. Are we talking about, like, putting more money on the line for these guys? Like, I you think know. the fans are going to be, like, um, cool with that? Like, that, that that seems to be optically kind of weird as well. Well, I think, it's, yeah, it's maybe weirder that NIL guys are making more money than the <laughs> minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is there ever enough money? No, that's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> that's true uh, at this point yeah i don't know it, it's it's to me it just feels like either you totally overhaul the event and maybe you turn it into like you know some kind of like three on three king yeah, of the court or something that. like that um i i just don't see it existing uh, in a space where we're gonna watch it and be like that that that's a really good game that we yeah just watched. or you you have to make two passes before you make a three i don't know like you'd have to like really the, like tweak the, the rules. points don't count unless all of your players are on that side of <laughs> half right. court yeah yeah or you, she's left-handed <laughs> right i don't know oh i think yeah yeah that's yeah. what Anthony Edwards was doing, too, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, we are going to go ahead and take a break. What we need to do, though, is uh, we have a pair of tickets for Rainbow Warrior Volleyball on Thursday. They play, actually, a pair of matches against Missouri SNT. Uh, they are in the house Thursday, Friday. Uh, we are... Uh, going to be giving away tickets to the Thursday match. Just a pair of tickets, and so we'll do it very easily. Uh, caller number, give me a number between one and five, Lori. Seven. Between one oh, and five? That's a joke. Okay. <laughs> I think Rob DeMello two. did that on purpose. Two. Um, or, or not as a joke, actually. Um, okay, two. Two is the number. So caller number two, 808-296-1420. Liz Stacy is working the phones. Caller number two gets the tickets. Uh, Hawaii ba uh, Volleyball versus Missouri S&T Thursday night, and then we'll come back, and we got our uh, best and worst coming up. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. I got Lori Santi as my guest co-host for the day, uh, and time to get to our uh, best and worse, we'll do that in a moment. Wanted to, uh, once again, though, remind you that Let's Talk Sports is presented by Domino's Pizza of Hawaii. It's lunchtime. Get the current special right now. Order any three or more items from the mix and match menu for only $8.99 each. Domino's, we deliver aloha. All right. Uh, yeah, big mahalo for their support uh, throughout the run of Let's Talk Sports. All right, best and worst. Uh, let's go with uh, your best here, Lori. What you got? My best is easy Beeman's Bash. Oh, going I back to it. Just, I got to go back to it. It was great. The new, new attendance record under... Head coach Laura Beeman, they collected 24 huge boxes of, of food for the food drive. They raised $26,000 for the UH Scholarship Fund. I mean, it was just a great night. They beat Santa Barbara, now in first place. Um, yeah, I mean, it was that to me, it was, I, I like her, I'm sort of, I have some big smile on my face yeah. for a couple of days. Really happy for the kids. I think, you know, having that crowd was yeah. it's just, a, that is, it's a, it's a life memory for them. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of in, in large part sort of why even we do what we do, right? And call the games is, is you're just hoping to be a witness to something that just is really cool and unique and at times unprecedented. And that night had all of that. Like it just, it had it all. It was it was competitively satisfying and entertaining. Uh, the, the atmosphere, you really felt like, wow, this is a big night for this program and they cashed in on it and it was beautiful it, it was there's just so much hawaii flavor to it right they had the ukulele national anthem they had the polynesian dance there was just all the things in hawaii yeah. that we know and love and are meaningful were there that yeah. night so uh, it, was, it was good well uh what was there the previous night at uh uh baseball at les murakami stadium uh was a uh, former nfl Superstar Todd Gurley was in the house throughout the first pitch. Was wearing yeah a southpaw he as well. Was. Uh, was wearing a Hawaii like a custom made Hawaii baseball jersey with Gurley his name on the back. Uh, throughout the first pitch, he was a guest of Jeff Wagner of Outrigger, uh, and it was just really cool. And it was almost like Jeff Wagner was playing a little bit of chess, I think, because he had Ole Miss from the SEC as the opponent, and you bring in this Georgia, former oh, Georgia right, standout right. running back who played for Mark Richta over there with the Bulldogs, and uh, and he threw out the first pitch, and I 
think in some like indirect way, it was like, hey, here's a little needling of that. Uh, and then he came up to the booth and spent a little time with me uh, on the telecast. And he was just really cool talking about how much he loves Hawaii from his day coming uh, with, with the, when the Pro Bowl was still here, one of the years that uh, he came and, you know, was talking about buying Huli Huli chicken and Poke Bowls and all that stuff. It was, it was really cool. So we should have gotten in with Michael Bennett to the women's game. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> reminisced about their division days, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's your worst? My worst is definitely Rick Pitino. Not a big fan of that guy. So Rick Pitino's uh, ripping into his St. John's teams after that loss. Oh, man. He just went off. Most unenjoyable experience of my lifetime. I mean, Rick Pitino, we could have done without after all the stuff he's done in college basketball, but somehow manages to reemerge from the depths of... <laughs> Yeah. Of disgrace. And, yeah. And it's like, you're. To rip the, his kids. Like, why would you do that? Like, first off, they're the kids that you brought in. I know some of that was carryover. They're the kids you brought in. And also, you're trying to recruit other kids. <laughs> and do you think they want to play for a coach who throws his kids under the bus? Like, I always thought that was rule one of being a head coach is like, win or lose, uh, or certainly when you lose, you take the arrows. Like, you take all of that but i guess not uh my worst is this is a sad day uh we learned that uh former broadcast journalist here in the islands emmy tamimbong burns uh has passed away at uh, age 73 uh while uh, undergoing emergency heart surgery but i worked along with her at KITV, KHON. She formed her own production company uh, and was just one of the true staples and fixtures of uh, island television. So I uh, wanted to just uh, give my best to her family uh, and certainly uh, mourn the loss of uh, one of the great ones yeah. here in Hawaii TV. And he's a female broadcaster, too. I mean, just everybody knew. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, not not a great day. Yeah, yeah, but uh, a tough way to uh, tough note to go out on. But uh, certainly, we uh, give our prayers up uh, for Emmy and her family. Hey, thanks, Lori. Appreciate yeah, yeah. it. See you tomorrow, everybody.